SBS acknowledges the traditional custodians of country and their connections and continuous care for the skies, lands and waterways across Australia. You're listening to Australia Explained, an SBS audio podcast helping you navigate life in Australia. Lunar New Year, also known as the Spring Festival, has become a significant part of Australian culture. The celebration is so popular that Sydney's version is considered the largest outside Asia. Personally, I celebrate with my family and friends here in Canberra by preparing loads and loads of food, and we sit around the table and make hundreds of dumplings. I'm your host, Madame Smail. Today, we will explore the history of the Lunar New Year and how it's celebrated in Australia and overseas. The Lunar New Year's Day varies annually, occurring at times in January and at other times in February. In many cultures, it is associated with a specific zodiac animal that corresponds to each year in a 12-year cycle. Dr. Pan Wang, a senior lecturer in Chinese and Asian studies at the University of New South Wales, explains that the Spring Festival lasts for 15 days until the Lantern Festival. Lunar New Year is the beginning of a lunar calendar year based on the cycles of the moon. It can be also called the Chinese New Year or Spring Festival. It's celebrated in China and other East Asian countries like Korea, Vietnam, Japan, and among uh, Chinese diasporas in many other countries like Australia. And uh, it has a history of up to 4,000 years, starting from the Xia or Shang Dynasty. Dr. Kai Zhang works with the Modern Chinese Language Program at the School of Culture, History and Language at the Australian National University in Canberra. She says Lunar New Year celebrations in Australia are an excellent opportunity for people from all over the world to learn about Chinese, Southeastern and Eastern Asian cultures at large. It is a cultural event of long history and of very rich symbolic meaning embedded in it. It is very important for Chinese Australians and other Australians who's from Korea or other countries originally in southeastern and eastern part of Asia. People outside of the Chinese culture or the Eastern Asian culture, by celebrating Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year, can get to know more about Chinese culture, about Korean culture, about all these different groups of people originally from Eastern Asia and Southeastern part of Asia. Dr. Kai Zheng explains that the Lantern Festival occurs on the 15th day of the lunar calendar. It's called the Lanterns Festival because there is this tradition. Every family would make this little lantern for their children and they would literally lit up the lanterns outside their doors. And uh, as far as we can go back to the history, as early as in Tang Dynasty, there would be this large scale event on that day. Children would take their little lamp to go with their family to the market. Lunar New Year is celebrated in different ways across Australia. Dr. Wang shares some of the traditions. It's celebrated like through food, eating fish, dumplings, gathering with families and uh, also with friends. 
Chinese communities also held activities and workshops, you know, introducing knowledge about Chinese culture. Also, line dancing, dragon dance, and、uh, color red is considered a very lucky color. It's also a tradition for Chinese to give a red envelope to children. Dr. Iris Tang is originally from mainland China, but has lived in Australia for over 20 years. She points out that the main difference between celebrations in Australia and her homeland is that China observes an extended public holiday during the Lunar New Year festivities. Hundreds of millions travel to their hometowns for family reunions during this time. Dr. Tang notes that, like China, food plays a crucial role in Australia's Lunar New Year celebrations. Personally, I celebrate with my family and friends here in Canberra by preparing loads and loads of food, and we sit around table and make hundreds of dumplings from New Year's Eve. And whenever I take time, I make more than one meal and I store them in the freezer for later. And you can eat them whenever you know during the whole. New Year celebration often lasts for about fifteen days until the Lantern Festival, which falls on the fifteenth day of Lunar New Year. Although the Gregorian calendar is widely used in modern-day China, the traditional Chinese calendar is still significant there and among overseas Chinese communities. This is because the traditional Chinese calendar. Is used to determine traditional holidays such as the Lunar Chinese New Year, the Lantern Festival, and the Qingming Festival, also known as Tomb Sweeping Day. Additionally, it provides the traditional Chinese nomenclature of dates within a year, which is used to select auspicious days for weddings, funerals, moving, or starting a business. Dr. Pan Wang explains the importance of traditional Chinese calendar. In Chinese culture, the Chinese traditional calendar is lunar solar. It's formed on the movement of the moon and the sun, so it takes into account both the moon's orbit around the Earth and the Earth's orbit around the sun. So, in this calendar, the start of the month is determined by the face of the moon. So,、uh, as in most lunar calendars, months are either twenty-nine or thirty days long, and the start of the year is determined、uh, by the solar year. Variations of the traditional Chinese calendar can be found throughout East Asia. Lunar New Year's Day falls on different dates each year, sometimes in January and sometimes in February, according to Pan Wang. It is in between end of January to mid February this range. So this year happens to be in February. So whichever month, the first lunar month is the beginning of spring, and the spring festival is held on that particular day. If you look at the difference between the lunar calendar and the, the Gregorian calendar, the Gregorian calendar is a solar calendar. It's a Christian calendar. So it's based on the position of the sun, basically, in relation to the stars. Dr. Craig Smith is a senior lecturer in translation studies at the Asia Institute at the University of Melbourne. He lived in Taiwan and South Korea for a few years and has great memories of Lunar New Year celebrations. Dr. Smith says in South Korea, the Lunar New Year is a time to pay respect to one's ancestors. 
on uh, New Year's Day, everybody wakes up and um, sets out a meal for deceased ancestors and remember them and uh, offer them drinks. And of course, today, new religions have mixed in with these and old religions as well. So Buddhist families will recite the sutras on Lunar New Year as well. He adds that many elements of Lunar New Year celebrations come from countries other than China. For example, this is the case with lion dancing, which is traditionally displayed during Lunar New Year parades. When academics look at this lion dance tradition, they actually look back to thousands of years ago. And we've long known that a lot of traditions, religions, music, arts came into China from what we would now call West or Central Asian countries, especially along the famous Silk Road. And it's very likely that this tradition has some of its roots outside of China. A lot of people have connected it to Persian traditions based on linguistic and historical analyses. The Chinese zodiac year begins and ends on Lunar New Year. There are 12 zodiac signs each represented by a zodiac animal, and each sign is believed to have its unique attributes. The 12 zodiac animals are the rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. According to Dr. Wang, there is a legend surrounding the 12 Chinese zodiac signs. Start from the Jade Emperor, really, who wanted to convene a meeting. And then there are 12 animals trying to compete and they're trying to get there. And then whoever gets first will be uh, listed first. Like the first one was the rat and the second one was ox. And then other ranks are according to who actually reached the meeting. So it has to do with the legend. Thank you for listening to this episode of Australia Explained, written and produced by Chiara Pazano, hosted by me, Madame Smail. Australia Explained Managing Editor is Rosa Garmian. This was an SBS audio podcast. For more Australia Explained stories, visit sbs.com.au slash Australia Explained.